But football without fans is nothing. It can be the greatest game in the world. If there are no people there to watch it, it becomes nothing. We were magnificent. Magnificent. Larson. Oh, he's in! Henrik Larson! That is sensational! Nakamura! The game is over. The Rebels have won. He's done it! Jarvis put it in! And without a doubt, the European Cup is on its way. Stop at half time and we'll stop at the end of the game when we celebrate. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Jungle Gyms podcast. It is Tuesday the 4th of January 2022. And first off, I want to wish all the viewers a very happy new year. And to the new viewers who have not actually watched any of our material, please, if you enjoy the content today, please hit that like button, please hit the subscribe button and please be uh, kind enough to give us a wee comment or two. Um, aye, so I'm your host Gavin and joined tonight we've got Paddy and McGinty. How are you guys doing and very happy new year to you both. Good mate, happy new year to yourself. Uh, aye, it's been a few weeks since we've all been together eh, on the, the weekly review so it's good to get back in about it. That's it, that's what you like, a menage a toi. Uh, how, was, uh, how was the bells that they, uh, did you do it in style or was it a quiet one? Very quiet mate. Uh, I actually need to apologise to everybody that's joined in the room because I forgot to press live, so we spent five minutes talking a lot of shit. So I had a good one, mate. Very quiet. Um, just looking forward to next year and hopefully everything's all woke back up again and we can get back to normality and, and we can go and get pushed for the belts. Parties galore. That's it. Um, by the way, speaking of push, um, I never actually, speaking of get, getting pushed, uh, one thing that I never actually do is I've never done dry January, but would you believe it or not, I'm doing it. I think most of the people who watch this would think that I'm an alcoholic because I've normally always got a beer in my hand. But I thought I would challenge myself and do Dry January. Never done it before. Not that I am an alcoholic, but I just want to kind of start off the new, new year with a, a wee challenge. And Paddy, I think you're doing it as well. Is that right? Yes, well, I, actually, I'm an alcoholic, Gavin. Fair play, you're honest, <laughs> 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 He's only joking. Uh, Maggie, how are you doing and how was the bells? Uh, not too bad, Gavin. Happy New Year to both of you. Um, the bells was good. It was nice. It was quiet. Uh, stayed in with the lady friend and watched the, the usual BBC Scotland bringing the bells with some random music, Kayleigh dancing kind of my life. In fact, there wasn't even any Kayleigh dancing. It's COVID. We're not allowed to do that, apparently. Um, no, it was good. It was nice staying in the house, having a few drams. Staying up to about, I think we stayed up to about two o'clock or something. It was good. It was good. So, so, sounds like a proper chukter hug me that. Well, uh, we had Edith Bowman on as well on the telly. She's a bit of a chukter, you know, Dundee or something. Aye. So, is Jackie Bird? Is she chucked it now? Is she getting too old for it? I have no idea. I actually thought it was going to be Jackie Bird when I, I turned the TV on. I thought I was going to see see old Jackie then. There it was. It was uh, some blonde lass known as Edith Bowman, formerly of Radio One, I think. Uh, we pretend we, we don't know who she is, but no, um, it was good. It was it sounded a bit kind of pre recorded, I think. These, these things usually are let the guys get away and do their own parties anyway. But it was a bit of TV, a bit of, bit of a celebration, a bit of a chink of the glass at the bells. It was good. Aye, uh, well, aye, fuck it. Okay, so we are going live, unlike that, that pre recording that you were watching with Edith Bowman. 
Um, so let's get into it. Uh, January has started off rather promisingly. Um, but anyway, before I even say that, Paddy, massive congrats to, to you for the previous uh, podcast recording. You had Dan Orlovitz, the, 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 the J League soccer expert, the man who's American but lives in Japan, um, to both countries who you wouldn't really think are uh, intrinsically linked to, to soccer or football, but the guy knows his stuff and he was talking about the three new signings for, for Celtic. Um, I was buzzing with that episode, really enjoyed it. So, nice one. Did you enjoy it too, right? I did, mate. Uh, I mean, Daz, I've done that with Dan. Um, again, Dan was was brilliant. He he was on his holiday back in Philadelphia, uh, back in his childhood room, he was telling me. So, uh, he took the time to come on and join us and, you know, give us as much kind of insight as we, we could get into the new guys because it was a question that was burning for, for, for weeks and months, like, who is my dad? What kind of player is he? Other than what you see on YouTube. You know, right. and maybe, with the, maybe with the odd kind of faceless guy on Twitter or something saying about him. So it was good to actually get a, a reputable voice for Japan that actually watches these guys, writes about them week in, week out. So I some, some of the insight he gave was, 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 was top class. So I thanks again, Dan, for that. And one thing I was particularly grateful for was he was like a pure man in demand in the past like 24, 48 mm. hours prior to him joining us. Like, I think he was on like, Sky Sports News earlier on that day or maybe the day prior to that. And on top of that, with everybody wanting a piece of him, he was like flying from Japan over to Philadelphia, going through all that COVID shit that you have to do whenever you fly. And um, obviously it's New Year's Day, you might spend it with your family, but somehow you managed to seduce him to get him online. Um, I don't know if he was expecting to talk to you or something a wee bit more enticing, but you got him on one way or another, so congratulations, mate. Uh, well, uh, I don't know about the seducing part, but you just can tell it, hey, Owen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all joke. Aye. Anyway, um, as I said, um, it's a new year. Uh, January has started off rather promisingly for us. Um, and we've got, I can't even see that comment because I'm on my phone. Somebody that's, that's, that's your Kenny. Happy New Year to you, too, Kenny, mate. Uh, happy New Year, boys. Looking forward to the show. No chance of dry January for me. Too old in the tooth for that crap. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, just before we move Here on. Here Kenny. Just before we move on, we got a wee comment for Dale at the Celtic Supporters Podcast. Who, by the way, I've just watched his podcast there with, with Jamie Boyle, who's uh, he's a author based in an author, sorry, based down in England, and he's just done Alan Thompson's book. Uh, so Dale had Jamie Boyle on the show. So if anybody fancies you watching that on YouTube, just it's a Celtic Supporters Podcast, absolutely brilliant podcast, good pal deals, I and it was a it was a good watch with Jamie Boyle, some good insight. Um, one of the things I took for that as well, just to just before we jump into the main one, he was talking about Didier Agat, uh, and he says that everybody thinks that Didier Agat signed for Celtic for fifty thousand pound, and he says he actually he? Signed, he says he actually signed for twenty seven thousand pound, even better. So that's that's unbelievable. So sorry for stealing that content for your pod deal, but. Aye, fuck you. That, that, that's smelling on a week's wage for Diddy. They're not going to watch your podcast now because you've given away that little snippet. Yeah, Dick. <laughs> Aye, um, happy New Year to Kenny and um, to, to Delphi, the, the Celtic Supports podcast. And I think, um, and I think there's uh, I think there's Daz's pal, McCool. Uh, excuse me if you're no mate, but I uh, really enjoyed the podcast with Daz's superb stuff. I thought Daz was making him up. Aye, I mean, so did I, I thought he was maybe getting a, a couple of couple of shekels to promote this guy, Mikkel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, so um, we have started off rather promisingly. We knew going into January that Postacoglu had said numerous times that he wanted to be quick off the mark getting in the new players. 
that um, the situation was exacerbated by the fact that we were so um, depleted in terms of numbers. And uh, we've had the new guy, uh, Michael Nicholson, who's been uh, made uh, the permanent chief executive officer. And the man has delivered. The man has delivered. McGinty, I know that you are um, <laughs> uh, the most cynical of cynics. So, By the way, that was a fucking evil as fuck laugh there. Just ready for Dick Dastardly to come in. And- <laughs> yeah, oh. I just knew where this was going. Uh. Aye, so he's actually started off not too bad. So if you were to give him a clean slate and not, not um, uh, you know, like ridicule him for, for being associated with um, a, a board member, a, a, a squad player, uh, a team player, I think that was a quote attributed to him. Um, but he's he's off the mark. He started off well, so you can only judge by what he delivers. And uh, are you keeping an open mind about this man? Uh, yes, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm now keeping an open mind. He, he's somewhat started well, um, even when he was officially announced the other week. There as being the the permanent uh, chief executive. I was very sceptical and very cynical about the whole thing. My my first thoughts at that time was, was he even done in his interim period? Obviously, something behind the scenes, obviously. It's, a, it's somewhat the clean slate, but it's not. We can't ignore the fact that he has been here for years. We can't ignore what's happened in the last few years at the club. However, we can take him at this point going forward and say, look, the guy's got three new signers in the day before January the 1st, the day before the window opens. He's got three players in who are quite clearly all three players who Ange Postecoglou wants. This isn't the the day old, oh, we'll bring this guy in because he's got links to Demet or links to Man City or we used to play with him a couple of years ago or whatever crap from previous Januaries that we signed. He's went and signed three key players that Ange has identified and Ange wants for his style and his his setup. So from here, he gets a, a fresh breath, a clean slate, whatever you want to call it, and we'll judge him going forward at this point because he started well, he started with a bang. And Paddy, I wanted to ask you, um, because McGinty just alluded to it, this is very much uh, an Ange Postecoglou triple signing here. So his fingerprints are all over this. So if this goes south, then there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. Um, so on one hand, it's uh, very much uh, relieving. It's uh, good to see that we're, we're giving him a free reign, identifying who he wants to get, and we're delivering on that. On the other hand, uh, a wee bit more risk attached to Ange Postecoglou Whereas if things go badly, such as like a jetty or barcast, we might have been able to, to blame other people in the past. So this is on the manager now. So does that put more pressure on Postecoglou? No, no, I think it eases the pressure, Gav, because as I say to, to, to Dan on the last podcast, I was very, very surprised that for an unknown manager, a Postecoglou coming in to this side of the world, being able to to go and get one of his first signings, or if not his first sign, I can't think, was uh, Furuhashi. For Japan. Uh, it, it was early on, one of his first, if not aye. first, it was, it was I, right I, early. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was his first, mate, I might be wrong. But, um, aye, but for him to, get, to be able to go and get his own signing straight away was a, was, was, a, was a good sign for me, because it means that like he's not just... He's not just a body, he's not just a fuller in the seat and the management and like he's going to be told who's brought in. Maybe that's happened once or twice, like maybe McCarthy or Skills. But definitely when he got the power to bring Furahashi in, that was a that was a big, big plus for me. And now you see what's happened. All the coming months, these guys' names have been linked to it, been leaked to it as well. Uh, and you know, 
we make it official a day before the transfer windows. When have you ever heard of that with Celtic? And it's not just that. I mean, my Maeda, Hatati, and Gucci, as he wants to be called, Ida Gucci, three guys in the door. We're looking like we're going to be signing the young guy for Sligo Rovers, uh, Johnny Kenny. I know that's not a big, any great big shakes, but that's a good player to have into the, the Celtic B team. But more interestingly, it's looking like everybody's breaking with the news now because uh, it's on Sky Sports and they're usually one of the last ones to get it on. I'm expecting a shuffling of papers here. Uh, well, aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye. Uh, it looks like uh, Calvin Carter-Vickers and Jota deals are started for permanent transfers. So I tell you what, mate, see if we get Maida. Now, bear in mind, Maida's on loan, right? So his transfer fee doesn't come into the, the equation until the next set of windy. Get my uh, my down on loan. Hatati, Gucci, Johnny Kenny, Jota, and Carter Vickers in one transfer window, mate. I will be absolutely delighted. But I don't think that will be the end of it. I think there'll be another couple of signings coming in. But if it's only them, then aye, credible. And I've got 10 years worth of January transfer windows to go through. So hopefully this is a bit the only good one out of the lot of them. Unfortunately, it looks like it might be the only good one at the lot because, likewise, I've been doing a little bit of research myself. That looks like a blank bit of paper. There you go. I thought, and, you, drew um, a I thought you drew a matchstick man on there. Well, I did on the other side, and then I realised I had to do some real research. Uh, but yeah, looking back at it, 10 years worth of signs in January, and I'm counting maybe six at best that were Aye, worth, exactly worth signing. Um, yes. So for me, it's, it's a great start, as you said there earlier bringing these three players, it's for me, it's not pressure on Ange anymore. It's the players that Ange wants. I think the pressure would come if he was getting handed more signings that he doesn't want for the first team and then expected to transform them into some sort of Ange philosophy style players. He's now signed players he, he's worked with, he's worked closely with in the league and stuff. He knows all about these guys. There's no pressure from me at this point. He knows what he's getting. He knows exactly, and, and that's and that's what I meant by it's going to ease his pressure because we all know that we've got injury crisis before the before the football finish there for the, the festive periods. We were lacking in players that were kind of flair players like your Jota being out, you know, this guy, that guy. He's now got three guys in. He's going to have big Chris Julian coming back for injury because he's already stated that he's hoping that he's going to be ready to go as soon as we start back. And... You know, we will see. We will see about Julian. Um, oh, I, I thought he was coming back chance. in September. He's still uh, not here, so we'll wait and see. I know, but they, have, they, they did say during that time, like he's had a couple of mini setbacks, but nothing. Ah, major. So, aye, so th- things are looking good. Um, I, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm dying to see a partnership of Julian and Vickers at the back with right. Maida going mental. Oh, oh. So, <laughs> I do want to talk about. The other rumours, um, the other activity, but without lingering too much on the Japanese guys, um, because I know we did like, a full recording of that in the prior episode, but uh, McGinty, which out of the three are you most excited about? Uh, who do you expect the most from, from what you've seen from YouTube clips and from uh, our man, Dan? Before Dan came on and gave us the lowdown and a bit more in-depth kind of excitement and info on the guys, I was all for uh, Daisan Maeda. He's the one for me. I think he's going to complete that forward line, forward line of Jota, Kyogre, and Maeda. 
with the likes of Forrest and Abada being able to support them when, when they need to. I think that's five for three positions, which would give us a decent amount of depth, aside from some mad injuries that obviously we were seeing at the, just before the break there. But I think I think that was the most exciting one because we, we know he's a joint top goal scorer. I think it is in the J-League beside Kyogo. We know he's got blistering pace. He dribbles, he's strong, he's, he's direct with the ball. He, he's going to get us off our seats. However, since listening to Dan, I'm getting more excited about Idiguchi. Uh, mm. I think he's, I think he's going to be that. I think you've seen he acts like a number six, a kind of sitting midfielder sort of thing. And right. I'm excited to see if, how he's talking about him. That he could end up being that player who sits next to McGregor instead of you know McCarthy or Beaton, who've kind of tried to fit all in at times, and allow McGregor then to go support Rogic. So it's almost like McGregor's going to replace Turnbull. And Idiguchi could replace McGregor and that kind of and and where they sit on the pitch sort of thing, uh, and then also after that Hatati is the third one. Unless I think Hatati is going to be a bit of a utility player. Let's see if he's going to be left back or centre mid. But judging by from what Dan's saying, likely centre mid. So that's that's depth there. But Maeda, Maeda is the one I'm excited for. Paddy, before we move on to yourself, because I'm eager to get your thoughts. I think um, I, I'm kind of in, in, in harmony with McGinty on that one. For Maeda, I do expect the most from him. But in terms of uh, Idiguchi, that's the one that intrigues me most. And I'll tell you why. We've already got, like, we've got Beaton, uh, who actually uh, coincidentally has been doing rather well in the past few months. Mm-hmm. Um, very dependable um, due to this be crisis of injuries. But we've got him, we've got Sorrow, and we've got McCarthy. McCarthy, of course, a, a four-year contract. We've shelled out for that man. But I'm wondering, what does Idaguchi bring to the team that Posikoglu is confident about that justifies his signing over the other three guys who play in a similar position? That's the most intriguing thing uh, for me. And we've, we can watch all the YouTube clips, but until you actually see it in the flesh, that's when we'll find out but apart from that, Maeda is the one that I think will be um, uh, the, 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 the bigger impact, the quicker impact. That's why that's why I predict. Uh, what's your thoughts, mate? <coughs> Much the same as you guys, uh, Maeda, the thought of him terrorising Premiership defences is oh, it's, it's frightening. It's actually getting me a wee bit tingling in the trousers. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him running right at Ibrox. Uh, Celtic part first, obviously, before that. Um, I, think, I think looking... Looking into it, he's probably going to be if he, if he's playing and if he can make a mark, he's going to be on the right hand side. You're going to have Jota on the left, uh, Furuhashi through the middle, and Maeda on the right. But that, again, that's a forward line that can all intertwine and interchange. You know what I mean? They can, they don't just need to be static in these positions. They can all move about and they can bamboozle defenses, which is great. And if you still got your wing backs coming up at the back of them, you know what I mean? Things are things are looking good. I was most Curious about Hatati because I was a wee bit kind of unsure about his position. But again, since the last podcast, we've been told he's actually registered in the league, well, the, the J League, as a striker. He only played left. Aye, he only played left back because he was asked to play left back because of injuries. So he's not a left back. He's a agreed. He's, agreed. A, he, he's a kind of midfielder. So he's not coming as a left back, which we thought originally. He's going to be a midfielder. That's a wee guy. He'll just be a utility player, I think. He'll come in and play so when he's asked what, to play. But What yes. do we think that Idiguchi is going to take place over McCarthy? Because let's be honest, McCarthy is not a, an Ange Postecoglou signing. So do we think Idiguchi is going to take that kind of squad position? I, to I then be the rotation with Beaton, McGregor, Turnbull. So that's four for the, the midfield two. 
but then you've got Rogic who he's going to need a rest time, which maybe Turnbull can fit on for, or maybe Hatati kind of he's a striker come midfielder who can happen play left back almost almost no, Sutton esque. Well, you look at you look at the players that's come in, right? There's no anybody there, possibly other than for me, Maida, who's going to walk into the team. Because the only reason Maida would walk into the team is because of both injuries at White and Mikey Johnson's push. Um, yeah, you know, Beaton, Beaton, Beaton's been. He's been a revelation in the last few weeks for me, and I've been a guy who's slaughtered him for years. Again, I always hold my hands up. He's been brilliant. McCarthy, he's been fucking push. Uh, so it goes ahead of McCarthy for me. And as you say, hopefully that pushes McGregor on. But you, you look at Idaguchi and what we've been told, what we've told the last podcast, da 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 da, um, is that he's a, he's a deep line midfielder. He'll get his foot in the ball. His vision is kind of one he's biggest attributes. He's no a tackler, but what he'll do is he'll get himself into position before he has to make a tackle. So he'll try and read the ball almost like a... Maldini. <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> in my head, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Busquets, but, you know, sure. Uh, uh, no, I, that, that famous, that famous quote from Maldini. Maldini would say that as soon as you have to make a tackle, that's when you know you're fucked up. You know, the whole... Whole, the whole I, philosophy is make sure that you're in the position to avoid having to make a tackle. I, did, did, did they not say that if you're a defender and you need to make a tackle, you're a shite defender? Something like that. Something like that. Well, listen, if, listen if, if the great Maldini says that, I'm going to disagree with him because Bobo Baldi was the best defender of him. He loved a tackle. <laughs> he he, he didn't enjoy football. He just liked tackling. That's all he would do. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, there's um, I. 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 So I. We'll see what happens, but as I say, the, I think the one that's probably going to get to the team first due to circumstances would be Maida. That's the one I'm looking forward to. But I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the next coming days, and hopefully we hear a lot more about uh, Jota and Carter Vickers because for me, we 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 absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent need to sign these two guys. And I tell you what, uh, Gav and uh, Mister McGinty, see if we did sign them, I was totally wrong because I thought that if we did sign one of them. It would have been one of them only. So for Celtic to go out and do their business early with the with the Japanese lads, and then potentially to go and pay like ten million pounds for two players at the start of the transfer window is astonishing. It really is because we we are historically historically tight bad. We're historically we're tight as fuck. We're really really bad. We dragging transfers out, trying to penny pinch, and you know trying to negotiate to get the lowest possible price. But there has been a couple. There has been a couple of times that we've, we've actually went out and just paid the price. Turnbull being the last one. Motherwell wanted four million. Right, there's four million. Gives him. And you've seen how that can pay off. He's not been great this season, but he has been good. He's a Aye, promising there's, there's, there's talent there from Turnbull. And I think he needs to be it needs to be mindful how young he is in his career as well. Same as Stephen Welsh. They need to be developed properly into a 60-game season. I know it sounds daft when I think he's 21 now or whatever, but he, he had that whole season and a half out through injury um, for me I, I think we've done well go back to Michael Nicholson and kind of what, what kind of credit do we give him a lot and see if he goes through Gavin and gets Carter Vickers and Jota signed up this window and for me the the key thing that we need to get after all this now is a left back for me that that's that's a great window and a great squad um, depth that we've got I like to see two players in every position and I think you could argue that there is two players in every position if we can get a quality left back in. And I think 
these things that Michael Nicholson's doing right now are things that should be they should be applauded. Being proactive and getting these two players loan deals made permanent, getting the three Japanese boys in, and if he can push the the gravy, oh the gravy, but push the train on forward or whatever you want to call it, and get that left back in. And if there's anybody else at Jasper, then obviously you could go for that as well. But if you can get that kind of core in, I think that's a great window and a great start from Nicholson. I well, it has obviously started off as a good window. And um, Paddy was talking about it with Jota and Cameron Carter Vickers. Now, I know that all, all it is right now is like smoke and mirrors. Um, we want to see something actually in place until that does happen. All, all I'm doing right now is just talking without any, any kind of. Um, meat on, on the bones and such, but if we were to get Cameron Carter-Vickers and Jota, um, fully fledged, like paid up members of the squad, permanent, that's what I mean, then if we could do that, I would be over the moon because I am going back several years before I would, I'd be able to pluck out a, a loan um, signing for Celtic who has made such uh, a, an impact on the squad. Jota has been tremendous. Not mm. only is he dependable, but he's a kind of a Paddy Roberts type player. I kind of um, get fans off off their feet um, or off their arse. Sorry, um, Jot is fantastic, and if we were to, to get him for the rumored six point five million, um, obviously it's a loan signing with the obligation to buy. So if we were to make that permanent, it'd be amazing. And mm, moving on to Cameron Carter Vickers, um, again with our defence, it has been a wee bit rocky, especially the the, the first few games at Starfield. I do have a bit of faith in, in Starfield, but while he had license to fuck up occasionally, it was Cameron Carter because who was the rock at centre-back and I think right now we're, we're six points behind Rangers, uh, but what we've done so far in the league, what we've done so far in Europe, that would not have been achieved without Cameron Carter-Vickers being such a dependable rock at the back. So if we could make both of those loan signings permanent, I would be over the moon. But the question is, there's willingness, obviously, from their parent club. So, Sporting Lisbon, or sorry, Benfica, uh, Benfica have got their hands tied because they've already signed the contract that if Jota agrees to it, then he becomes a, a Celtic uh, player. With uh, Tottenham, I don't think that that arrangement is in place, so we still have to negotiate. We still need to finalise uh, the, the, the transfer fee. But the question in my mind right now is the willingness, the willingness of the players. So, sticking with Cameron Carter-Vickers, his last season was at Bournemouth. And then, after doing fairly well. He's now a Celtic player. So does that does that scream to me that there was a lack of appetite for other English Championship clubs or English Premier League clubs to, to, to take a punt on him? I don't know. But it is what it is. It is up here. I hope that we've um we've done enough to, to, to entice him to stay at Celtic. And again with Jota, it's up to him. The question is, does he want to stay in Glasgow? I think right now he's went over to Portugal. And thank God for that, because why would just want to spend a, a winter in, uh, in Glasgow? Um, I, I think he's. But, I think he's. Uh, I think he's recovering. Uh, I think he's doing a bit of uh, recovery training in Portugal. It's nothing like he's been called back to the club. But aye, you know, aye. He's, he's, he's getting homesick or any of this nonsense. So it all comes down to their willingness, their appetite. Do they want to? Have they bought in enough with the, the Portugal dream that they want to be permanent members of, of Celtic, or will they hedge their bets, wait till the end of the season and progress and and impress like they're doing right now? And then and then see who bats their eyelids at them. That's what I'm scared about. McGinnity, what's your thoughts? Are, are you nervous like me? Because you know you know how how, how tantalising close it is in our grasp. If they want to agree, then we'll be fucking brilliant. Or at least I'll be happy. 
I'll, I'll be ecstatic if they agree. Uh, I like to think when these deals are made, initially the loan deal with the option to buy, uh, let's take Jota as an example. I thought Vickers might have had it in his deal as well, but seemingly maybe not. But I like to think when players agree to go on loan with that option in there, they've already, in principle, agreed that they would like to be there permanently at, at the outset. Maybe things can change throughout the season. They don't play and they don't want to sign John Codetti sort of thing. Or maybe they get more wowed over by the club and the sport and they, they just want to sign immediately. Um, hopefully that's what's happening with Jota. But I, th- I, th- I like to think that they've already got an understanding that they do want to be here long term and that guys like Jota and Carter Vickers, especially Carter Vickers actually, he's coming to Celtic to kickstart his career. If Carter Vickers has any sense, he will sign for Celtic permanently for another two years and then move back down south because he's going to get European football, consistent 60 games, exposure, all the rest of it, good experience, as opposed to the the loan spell for six months at Burnley, a loan spell at Bournemouth, a loan spell across the wherever. And it it doesn't really, for me, that doesn't really develop players when you're chopping and changing every six months or or a year like that. To stay at Celtic for three years in total would develop Carter Vickers a lot. He'd then be, what, 26? We would get money for him selling on and he would be an established player who could go back to the EPL for an Everton club per se or a West Ham, whatever, and actually play at a decent level in the EPL rather than bouncing around the championship. The guy's got money. Clearly, he's been signed at Spurs as a promising youngster. I don't think that's going to be at the forefront of his mind right now when you figure he's 23 going on 24. He surely wants to kickstart his career. I think Jotter's the one that's probably going to get more suitors. He's the sort of player that a lot of European teams would love to have. But again, if we've got that kind of deal in place to sign him for, was it six and a half million or so? I'd like to think that Jotter's already in his mind somewhere accepted that he wants to be at Celtic and understands what Celtic can offer him. Because again, was he 22? Two years at Celtic? You, you would be signed back up by most mid-table La Liga clubs. Well, and, well this, this, is, yeah. this, is it, this is the thing, isn't it? You look at every... You look at all the kind of visuals for the players on the park, you look at all the snippets for, for the audio, they're all saying that the atmosphere, the new, within the team, it's like a family atmosphere. Everybody's playing for each other, everybody's getting on so well. And you look at guys like Vickers, who has been out on maybe four, five, six kind of loan spells. You look at Jota, who... Rayo Vallecano. He's at Vallecano. Benfica's bought this fucking multi-million pound winger. They've also got a new manager in kind of recently as well. So if he gets back to Benfica, then he's got all that to contend with. He's got more clubs to go and look at. It'll be the same with Carter Vickers and all because he's not going to get a game for Spurs. So he's then going to go and try and find another club. Whereas there's young guys, they're, they're welcome here. They're feeling welcome. They're enjoying being on the pitch. They know they've already got some success with the League Cup. There's a chance that they can go and win the league. There's a chance that potentially next season they'll be in the Champions League if they can win the league. So this is a this is this is a time again where it's down to the player. But I think I think we're lucky that the players that we're trying to get the new. I think I think they've got that mentality in them. They'll, they'll, they'll see they'll see success over money. Like you know, they're not going to come in like, like if Redden comes in with fucking twenty grand a week for Vickers, he's not going to go all right. Fuck you, say like, Go to Redden. I think he'd be like, ah, do you know, do you know what? These guys, are, these guys have given me the platform. 
I'm going to come on and take it on for him and play for I think course. I think Paddy that was a conversation that was actually happening in one of the, the threads on one of the, the message boards was what if a, a club comes in for Carter Vickers and offers a, a, you know money for them and I don't think that any of the big teams in the EPL are going to take that risk in Carter Vickers just yet Spurs don't have him in, the, in their plans and if Spurs don't have you in the plans and likes of Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea and that, they're, they're not interested, they're not going to look at you so you, you have to look at the mid-table EPL clubs. And again, I don't think enough of them are sold on him to come in and say, here's 60 grand a week. Mm-hmm. But your Reddings and your Middlesbrough of the world, maybe they will come in and say, here, here, we'll give you 15, 20, 25 grand. And maybe that is enough to Tony said, if Celtic are daft enough to be like, oh, we'll haggle over eight or 10 grand. Uh, be there. You know what? Cut that out. But we're being very hypothetical here. But if that's the competition as a that level of club who are going to offer him 20, 25 grand, then that's what Celtic should be paying for a defender of the quality of Carter Vickers. We shouldn't but be knocking around. We, I, I, think, players. I, I think they will do that because every sign, every single sign for this transfer window and before this transfer window has been nothing but positive for me. I've never seen it in my life. I say I, I've sat and looked during the last 10 years of Celtic's uh, winter transfer uh, can I, period. Can I say- I've, sorry, we only go. What McGinty, sorry, Paddy, I've totally <laughs> interrupted you. But McGinty earlier on was talking about uh, Michael Nicholson has been, um, and by the way, we're giving him too much of a, a, a an emphasis here because it is a kind of a joint board decision, primarily, I think, whenever we make um, uh, transfer activity. But McGinty was talking about us being proactive in the January transfer window, and I agree that we are being proactive, but we're doing it from a, a, a position of. Uh, of not, not, not failure, but a, a position of weakness. And that position of weakness stems from last season, where we had too many loan signings, and regardless of them leaving, we had players leaving their captain, um, our uh, best defender, our best attacker, um, a, a flair player in Ryan Christie. We, we know all those departures. So from a position of weakness, that's why we've had to be proactive. And coming back to the point about should we, uh, do we have the financial might, the muscle, to make the, the, the signings permanent for Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers? I think we do. No, I'm not the treasurer of Celtic, so I don't have uh, intimate knowledge of that sort of thing, but I would like to think that we do have that. And do I think that we should do it? I think we are obliged to make those signings permanent if there is a willingness from those two parties, because if you take away those two players, then fuck me, we might not be back at square one, but we're at a very squarish position anyway, because Mm. you take away those two stalwarts, the the impact that they've had this season. Think, Gavin, what that does going into next season, if we get these two tied down, maybe it doesn't happen in January, maybe it happens in February or March, but we get these two tied down and then think about what this squad looks like for change for once in our lives, we go uh, not not in our lives, but once in the last 10, 20 years, we can actually go into a Champions League group stage or qualifiers if that's where we our, our luck falls, with Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Julian and Welsh, four established decent centre-backs going into the early part of the season. When's the last time we did that? But if you Aye. take Carter Vickers out, you're running the risk there. You, this, you've got this, revolution, work. this revolution that Ange Postecoglou has started, the fruits of his labour will only be fully felt next season. Yeah. If the, 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 the these two stalwarts, as I said, Cameron Carter, Vickers and Jota, if they are taken away from Celtic at the end of the season, it will disrupt the progression and it would be... And it'd be a bit of a stake in the heart to the progress that Postecoglou has made. That's why I think it's imperative that we get them on board 
because next season we will be if things if things keep plodding along nicely, next season we're going to be laughing at how how good things are because we've heard that from other people who've been commenting the the, the people from down under talking about Postecoglou and the success that he's had. Whereas they've said that the first season it's a bit of a toil um, for various factors such as injuries, getting players on board. But the following season, that's where you see the proper success. Uh, Paddy, what do you make of that point? Do you know, Gav? I think actually, when you look at that, right, and that's been a, that's been a case, right, that every single second season under Ange has been the superior season. But Ange has they walked into a team at the class of Celtic with a level of players. So he's no needed. I, I, I don't think I don't think he'll need to wait until the second season until he sees the fruits of his levels because he's walked in finally to a top team with top players that he can mould right away, and that's been happening. You know, he's been getting. I, I mean, I mean, like ta- I mean, tangible success such as like winning the league this season. It's not a guarantee that we're going to win the league. No, no, of, no, of, co- of course not. But I think what he's done now is he's put he's, he's already put us into a position where we can challenge for the title because we're only we're only three games, uh, two games off. Uh, being equal with the other mob, I mean six points. That's that's achievable to, to certainly bring back and go in front. Um, but I think what he's done so far, take away all the negatives. Overall, absolutely brilliant. He's come in, galvanised a full team, brought in a brand new team with twelve new players. Basically, won a league cup. On the first, on the first six months, uh, absolute bedlam. So, aye, if he could do that in the, the, the first half of the season. What he can do in the second half of the season, we we more his own players and players back to injury and new faces, and I'm absolutely excited. I don't want to go overboard, but I'm really really excited, Gav. And we're going to talk about the outgoings, the rumoured outgoings of Celtic. But who wants to pick up the baton and not make me look like a complete idiot? But we brought in an 18 year old, an Irish boy face, Sligo Rovers. Um, somebody want to say the guy's name because it's on the tip of my John, tongue. Uh, Johnny Kenny. And what do we know about the guy? He's a young boy, uh, Gav, 18-year-old Sligo Rovers. He's quite a promising young lad. Um, decent enough size, strong enough, direct. He's definitely he's definitely a player that we need to bring in because, you know, we've seen the B games. We've seen the, the young team for Celtic. They're very, very light up top. You know, there's no really many strikers and the young team that you could see pushing on and coming at the first team, other than uh, what's his face, the young lad that made his debut. Uh, no, the other big, the other big guy made his debut. Oh, Dawson. Do- 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 Dawson. Dawson. Obviously, we brought him in to come into the B team. He's had to come into the first team because injuries, which is great because it gives him that exposure at the first team. He'll go back and hopefully his, his performances will improve in the B team. But we still need another couple of players for up front in that because it's, it's it's a it's an area that we haven't developed on. Since I don't know Tony Watt, maybe you know what I mean. We've not had a, a striker coming through for the youth team who's made an impact at any Aye. any level other than Watt. So I, I'm I'm happy I'm happy with me. It's 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 another it's another sign of the future. I know we've done that a lot. We've seen guys with raw talent, raw ability, all that shit. But uh, it's it's a it's a no risk no risk signing. I mean, Hibs or Martin, and he's chose to come to us over Hibs. So. He's no side yet, but it should be over the line in the next day or two, Gav. Aye, aye. I wonder if uh, Sean Maloney had any hand in trying to get him for Hibs. And by the way, I hope he does well um, for Hibs. Uh, I, I want to see uh, him excel. Uh, but anyway... Um, well, uh, just, just, just on that one, Gav, uh, Ewan Henderson's going to Hibs. Good yeah, move. yeah, yeah. Good move. On loan? 
then I think it might be a full transfer. I'm not quite sure, but he's fair play, fair play. Good, good move from yeah, good level. Obviously, there's, there's, there's Maloney using his Celtic connections already. Well, let's start off with that. His brother did well there, so yeah. So the the, the rumours is is that uh, he's been told that he's got I think it's six months left in the contract. He's been told that his future doesn't lie at Celtic. That is the rumour that I've heard. Um, so who wants to pick up on that one? I'm going to talk about Urikidi later, so I'll pick up the baton for that. But I mm-hmm. uh, Henderson, I, I, I think he's like early twenties. He scored his like, his first goal, I think, um, against Betis and that and that uh, victory at Parkhead um, just yes. about not even a month ago, like a few weeks ago. Yes. But maybe the writing was on the wall for him. He's he's, a, he's one of these players again. He's he's a wee bit. He's, I don't want to compare it to his brother, right? But obviously he went to Hibs and then ended up going to Barry in Italy, and he's he's made a career out in Italy and uh, Serie B. But you look at you look at Henderson. I think he's nineteen twenty. He's a player that you don't really know his actual position yet. He's a guy that you can just kind of fling on at right mid centre mid can up front. He can go and grab you a goal, but. He does this straight he has been one of these boys that's going to come in and cement a position. So I think if if Andrew's uh, assessed his role in the squad and kind of looked at his development and thought maybe, do you know what, your, your development's best served elsewhere. On you go, good luck to you. Let's see what you can do. I think I, I think him going to Hibs, it's probably, it's a really, really good move and obviously wish him all the best. Um, aye. And moving on to Urugidi now, uh, I, I think uh, the rumour is that, is that um, we're going to loan him out to, to a team, uh, whether that be a Scottish-based team, uh, which I, I'd be happy to see, uh, because we, we actually get to see it with our own eyes for a Scottish team, rather than going down to, I don't know, a League One team. I don't think he's uh, good enough for the Championship, and I'll explain why. So I think we've seen him a couple of times in pre-season, whenever we, we were down in, uh, in Wales for a few games there. Um and I got to see him in the flesh play against Real Betis. Now, when I saw him, his name on the lineup, <laughs> I almost spat my ball roll out, man, because I was like, oh my God, I do not think that guy is good enough. Um, and I, I think he's at that kind of awkward age where he's like probably too old for the B team, but he's not good enough for the, the, the senior team. Um, so when I watched him in the Real Betis game, he was playing at right back. Now, whenever we bought him, I think he was rumoured to be either a right back who can play at centre back or and uh, the other way around, a centre back who can play at right back. But anyway, against Betis, what a game to actually make your debut in. Uh, he looked raw. He looked that raw that I think you need to invent a new word to describe him. Now, I do not label myself as an overly negative person, and especially after learning a lesson with Ralston. I am... Uh, I am very, very reluctant to write off um, a, a young prospect at Celtic, especially someone who occupies the right-back um, berth. But this guy, as I said, very raw. His running style, it was more of a, a galloping style. Uh, <laughs> he, he, like looked like horse. Very, he looked like a horse, man. He looked like an intimidating horse. And uh, <laughs> at one point, he get the ball up. I mean, by the way, the opening part of the Betis game, he looked very, very shaky. He grew into the game to an extent, but I'll use that term lightly, grew into the game. And um, By the way, I wish the guy well, but I'm just getting carried away talking about his performance here. But at one point, he get the ball and right back, and he had like like half the part to, to, to gallop into because there was no one opposing him. So he kept on running. And you're, you're watching the, the, the Celtic team, it's on the left-hand side. <laughs> try to run up as well, keep pace with him and hopefully like, he'll put in a cross and uh, 
eventually uh, one of the Spaniards came out to meet him. But it's like he never had any guile whatsoever to actually knock it past him and, and run on. It looked as if he was incapable of changing direction. And all the Spaniards had to do was just stick out his foot and take the ball, like, snatching like, like, like candy for a baby, and then the Spaniards started counter-attacking. It looked very, very one-dimensional. And that's what I mean by raw. I think that the guy might have potential. Certainly he's got physicality. Um, and he actually did do all right in the game, especially in the second half. He kind of came onto a game and he put in a couple of crosses. He did okay in the box. But I think a football brain, um, he doesn't really have much of a football brain. Uh, he was getting caught out far too often. But bringing it back to the point about January transfer windows, outgoing. So that is a rumour that he's, uh, he's going to get loaned out to somebody. I don't know who, but I'll be interested to see his progress. I wish him well, but he is off it. He is miles off it to actually make an impact right now. And I think it's good of Postacoglu, if that's what the rumour, uh, if the rumour is true, it's good of Postacoglu to, to be up front and say, right now, you're, you're, you've got no place in the team. Move out and, and, and uh, develop. And uh, lastly, the other one we've got, I think, is uh, Shaw. Um, McGinty, do you know much about Shaw? And I think the rumour is that he might be getting loaned out. Uh, I don't know enough about him, no more than what we've already seen. Uh, but for me, Shaw, Ugiri, they're, they're the kinds that, yeah, they're, they're kind of not long in the door Celtic. If they're not going to cut it in the first team and they're, they're too old or whatever for the B team, they need to go to loan, preferably to a Scottish Premiership team or down south to a reasonable level. Look at McGregor, you know, a few years back at Notts County. Uh, they need to go to these places. Um I agree with Henderson's assessment. If if Andrew's deemed him no kind of up to scratch here for whatever reason, his development is better better served elsewhere, then yeah, it's probably right. Because as fans, we've seen enough of him. But for Shaw, I think we saw glimpses of Shaw being a, a steady kind of guy who should be able to have confidence going into a first team. But I don't think he's quite ready at the, the level for us, not for what Andrew's trying to get out of, out of this squad. And definitely not when you look at who we're bringing in and the style of play that we're trying to play. So Shaw going on loan would be a fantastic thing, as would Urugiri. The other one I want to mention, which I don't think has been mentioned too much lately, is young, the young centre-back boy in the B team just now, the uh, Busan Lowell. I oh, want yeah. to see what's going to happen with him. I think from what we saw of him when we went to see the Colts games together, I think he's head and shoulders above the Colts level. And I think he, sh- I think he could creep into the first team so do we see him coming up in the next five months probably not but i think i would like to see him go out on loan to another maybe a championship club in scotland but preferably a premiership club because i think he could hold his own at a ross county or something that's a shout that's a shout because the guy got like um academy player of the year for what yeah. and then we snatched him and i think that they, they were quite um furious about that and as you said, we, we watched them. Um, I know that for, for that age group, sometimes you do find in, in young boys is that some some people, their, their physical development is just far more ahead than other people. And that that, that was uh, d- definitely obvious. But his actual football talent, that was not a miss. It, it, he actually had a, a part in one of the goals where he found himself on the right wing and took it around a player and he played like, a brilliant ball through. And that, 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 um, that led to the second goal for Celtic in that game that we watched. But I, um, a, a player, a player that... Um, I'm happy to kind of follow his progress and and yeah, and it's yeah. that kind of it's a difficult golf where you're too good for the Colts, but you've got no experience of playing like proper senior football. Where do you go? And maybe that is the the next best thing. Uh, 
Paddy, I know that you've been doing a, a lot of homework uh, right now about uh, historical January transfer windows. Um, I don't have any material in this at all, so I'll just um, agree or disagree. But what have you got for us tonight, mate? Oh, well, I've, I've, got fucking, I've certainly got too much to, to run through individually, but I was just... I, I, I just sorry, <laughs> how many pages have you got? Two. <laughs> all right, OK. Sorry, one's got that much right on it. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, one was probably still his Christmas list, to be fair. Uh, aye, one, 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 one's, a, one's a picture that says Anthony is a cunt. Language. I just, as I say, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm taken aback by how how progressive we've been in this transfer window and how much that we're, we're getting business done early. And I was trying to think of a time when I'd ever heard of that before with Celtic. As I say, we all know what the Celtic board's been like. We all know what they're like in terms of approaching players, trying to sign players, trying to fucking steal as many pennies back at the deal as possible. But in terms of quality, and as I say, if you look back at the last the last 10 years worth of January transfer windies, and already this has been the best. I mean, just 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 the last few years, I'll, I'll just let you, I'll just repeat it the last couple of years. I mean, last season, we brought John Joe Kenny on loan, right? The season before that, we paid three million for Klamala, two million for Soro. The season before that, it was fucking 1.5 million for Bio, Shred, 1.8 million. The season before that, we paid 2.5 million on loan for uh, Musonda. It wasn't even a transfer, it was a loan. Jack Henry, Ma- Marvin Compere, guys like this, Kuasi the season before that. I mean, it's 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 a sad, it's a sad actual read. A ten years worth bad, of tra- transfer transfer windows, mate. It's, it's terrible. I actually, I actually was getting a bit sick reading over it. Um, I mean, out of in the last ten years, we've paid t- roughly the ballpark region a twenty-seven million pound in transfers, Gav Wright. On 17 players, right? 11 of which were loans, right? And out of all these, sorry, 17 players and, sorry, 17 players bought for, for the £27 million plus 11 players on loan. So that's 28 players in the last 10 years, just in January transfer windies. And out of all those players, I think McGinty's probably got the same guys wrote down, but I've got six players. Uh, I'm up to, just count, I'm up to eight. Going back to the season... 2010-2011. Uh, out, out of all the guys, there's literally six players that I can mention who had some spell of decency or goodness with, uh, uh, for Celtic. I've got uh, uh, Eric Zviachenko, right? Mm-hmm. He was decent. Well, obviously, yep. we, we, we got a few quid back on him. Stuart Armstrong, yep. him, and, uh, him and Mackay I... Stevens came in. Him, him, yep. him and Mackay Stevens came in the last, kind of, the last few hours of the transfer window. I've put Mackay I've put Mackay Stevens down as somebody who, who did as a turn as a, a past uh, marks. Uh, and what was it holding keys or something? I pretty much. But as far as as far as the players who were worth signing in January who actually went on to do something, I put Gary Mackay Stevens in that list. I've got eight, you've got six. Every so every time every time I hear Gary Mackay Stevens, I just think about that story of him ending up in, in the, the river. river. <laughs> <laughs> That's the accent as well, I think he's been. Fuzzle, I think, is that way, and it's like pure hello there, mate. I am Gary. <laughs> my, my name's Gary McClay Stephen. How are you? It's not Stephen, it's Stephen. I'm hearing Kevin Bridges coming through. <laughs> aye, aye, that's a Kevin Bridges. Case. Aye, anyway, 
back to the back to the signs. I say Eric Sviachenko, Stuart Armstrong, Stefan Johansson, because obviously he get player of the year. Aye. Uh, Lee Griffiths was a prolific, prolific goal scorer. Tom Rogic and uh, Nico Lustig. Out of, 20, out of 28 players in 10 years, 27 so, million pounds. 27 million pounds spent. That's shocking. Absolutely. So, I've got the, the same players is. plus two, one of which is Gary McKay Stevens. I can see the comments already. Lots of people are questioning me on that one. So By the way, yeah, which he, I'm, he, going to, he, I'm, actually, I'm going to bring up, up a single one of the comments because they're right. <laughs> but let, let, me, let, me, yes. let me go. You carry on. I'm going to bring up the comments. He played. That's the point. He played and he did a turn. He helped out in some capacity. So... Was he good? No, really, but he did something. There's other people that we signed in January transfer windows who've gone on to do nothing, not even kick a ball for us. He at least played we got some spell out of him. The only other one that I've added from your six that makes up my eight is that I went one year further back and added Chris Commons in there from the 2010-2011 season. He was a January transfer. Yes. By the way, do, do, do you know what came to mind as well? See, when I was looking through all the transfers that came in and out, do you remember fucking Chris Commons went to Hibs? Aye, after yeah. Rogers, Rogers, Rogers got his right. number along I with thought, a couple I, other I, ones, I, and that clicking got him straight back out. I totally did. They, did they play a game for them? I played five, played five games, scored two, and then retired. And they, and they went on to have a, a rather seedy future with Chris Boyd on Sky Sports as his as his laptop. <laughs> was uh, he so was, so, was so he not that, promised? In that respect, fuck you, Chris and Chris. Was he no promise? Was the story no that he was promised by Lennon that he would get a coaching role at Celtic and shit like that? I don't know. And don't, then don't. Um, I, I think the board and Peter Law put a fucking uh, a pin on that one and told him to get to. But Commons was Commons sounded out by Rogers on day one, along with unfortunately guys like Mulgrew and stuff. He found that in Stokes, he found that clique, and one of the best things Rogers did in his early time and his his tenure was get them out and start afresh. Yeah, Commons. Commons was like on his day for Celtic. Like, by the way, the impact that he made like, in the, the, the Rangers games, uh, he took to it like a fish to water. On his day, he was indispensable. I know that he was a, a, a fat man at the end of the day, uh, but he was really, really good. And those like eight, eight players that, that you mentioned, Paddy, um, the majority of them were very, very good servants for Celtic. Like, the, like, the, who was the, it? The, Lustig? The, I, the, the one guy, but my, my, my point was like, to, to, to oh, the conclusion, let us a mixed bag is very, very much a mixed bag. Oh, oh no, no, it's, it's not even a mixed bag, Gav. I mean, I, I'm just looking at the amount of absolute pish players that we have brought in in January Windies in the last decade, and it's it's terrible. I mean, like, we're, we're, we're talking about spending money on Jota and Carter Vickers. Every single season, we went out and spent money on guys that were never, ever going to be good enough to play for Celtic. All right, we took a we took a punt on a few players, but like fucking Colin Kazim Richards, Carlton Cole. Can, can can I make can I make some points as well? Just just kind of moving on slightly. Yes. So when when I done my research earlier, I actually went for the entire season summer transfer window along with January, and I've kind of I've, I've I've got eleven or so seasons here. I've marked on basically who is the manager, and I've I've penciled in when uh, John Park left, which was just before Brendan Rodgers' season, or rather just at the start of it, sixteen seventeen. And it's interesting to note that 
of the eight or six players that me and uh, Paddy have just mentioned, they all came pre-Rogers. You know what Rogers has done and arguably potentially what Andrew's about to do, kind of, although he, obviously the three Japanese boys is thrown a span in that work, but he is really rebuilding a whole squad here. But prior to Rogers, all those signs were done in January, but see, once Rogers came in, he didn't have to do January signings. Of that note, Lennon had to go out and sign January's transfers signings. But come Rogers' time, sure at points we could have probably done with better players, or whatever. But he got the job done early enough in the summer window. Not early, early enough, but he got the job done in the summer window, and his team was built for the season. Because I've not got any note of any player over the last three or four years of January transfer windows that are actually worth talking about if any of them actually signed. Of real note, obviously you look at it, Tolian and stuff like that through But it just just as just as I'm looking at there's no player of note that signed in January, if any, that you would really talk about. And it, it's we still won trebles, we still won leagues and cups all the way through there, apart from last year, obviously. And it's it's not needed, whereas Lennon did need that previous. I don't know what point really I'm going for here. Just the, the, the point, the point that I have, stuff, I would interject. Up. I would interject with the, the the Rogers era. The main competition we had domestically was Aberdeen, so that's one point. And the the bigger kind of competition, the bigger onus to do well was in Europe. Um, so you can imagine Celtic not splashing out the cash in yeah. January. Yeah. The other thing is that. Uh, apart from outside that that window, the the, the Rogers era, um, sometimes like in January, you need to because you're doing it from a position of desperation where you might not have done your planning properly in the summer. Or um, the other thing would be if like one of your key players is out injured and you have to bring in someone. So sometimes it is reactionary um, to to do the, the January thing. But I guess from like the conclusion I'm making from all the the, the players that that Paddy has listed and that you've listed, McGinn, is that. I on most occasions you're going to get it wrong, but there will be gems to be found because Paddy, you said about eight players. I think about six of them have done very, very well for Celtic. I don't think it justifies the policy of sh you should never do January uh, signings. I just think that proceed with caution. That's what yeah, I would say. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my whole point, Gav. When I'm looking at this, what I'm seeing in this January transfer window, it's you you see, that's bringing this up for, is because I can. As a, a total positive. This is a total positive for me, mate, because you look at that, you look at the amount of shite that we've brought in, you look at the amount of time that it took us to bring all this shite in, guys coming in at the last minute on loan, fucking, uh, what do you call him, uh, Toe Jam, the guy that came in for Dortmund, he was our last minute signing. Guys like that who were fucking shite. We've been out I think we're, we're starting to lose a bit of Paddy's audio there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Aye, so I think some, we were about to agree. Somebody's Wi-Fi, somebody's Wi-Fi is going crazy. Aye, yours. Uh, it's, 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 <laughs> oh, is it? No, it's not. Aye, so no, it's change. Aye, 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 sorry. Aye, everything's all positive here. The signs that we're seeing the new are great because we've done our business early. As we've started doing the business early, we're going to spend the money. We're no fuck about. We're getting what the manager wants. Great stuff, Michael Nicholson. I don't know too much about you, but the signs are looking good so far. Put it this way, put it, put it this way, and I, I, I'm in full agreement with you. And just another way to look at it: for the last five seasons, the five Januarys before this one, there's zero player that we signed, be it on loan or whatever, that made any fucking difference. We've just signed three players who we all can see as Ange Postecoglou signings, who are 
going to walk straight into that match day squad. Starting 11, maybe not, but straight into the match day squad. You have to go back further to before you find one or two per, per January window, but nothing to the stage of three signs that the manager wants right there and then. I think there's it's a, a great strip, a, a great start to the window. There's a there's a great comment for Davy Boy Celtic. John Joe Kenny is by far the worst ever January signing. Utter rank. No wonder Everton have overpaid for Patterson. Well, I would certainly agree with you there. It was a fucking dis- disaster when he came up here. But I tell you what, Davy. The worst signing I've ever seen, the worst player I've ever seen coming in January was uh, Ollie Burke. That guy is the worst oh. football player I have ever seen in my life. Oh. How he's how he's became a football player, I'll never know. He's ah, he was a flat track bully. Um, yeah. Uh, right, uh, finishing off, I know that we're at the hour mark, so don't want to linger on for too long. I know that some people have got early bedtimes, but I thought just for a bit of fun... <laughs> You'll get tucked in soon enough. Uh, but uh, one kind of fun thing to kind of finish it off. I know that well, it's the fourth of January, but just focusing on the last twelve months, I thought um, a couple of unofficial uh, awards that we could dish out to the the, the Celtic uh, players currently and who may have left us, um, such as like surprise package of of, uh, of the year of the past twelve months. And um, I know I know that that kind of bridges between the current season and the previous tail end of last season. But for me, surprise package, I have to go with Anthony Rawson. Would anybody disagree? Mm, I, I want to. I want to disagree. Um, but no, you, you can't really. He has been a, a massive surprise package, especially obviously this season. He's turned his own career around, let alone turn around the fortunes of, of Celtic and helping show up that, that defence. We, we needed somebody to come in. We needed a lot of people to come in to make an entire new backline plus goalkeeper. We got a goalkeeper. We got Carter Vickers. Starfelt started to come onto his game. We got a rejuvenated Ralston. I think he is the biggest surprise package, turnaround, you know, overachiever, whatever you want to call it. He, yeah, I, I want to because I, I still have. I still have that for you. He's going to be Tony Ralston the last three seasons, but he's not. He's, he's just a superb player this year. Aye. One thing that I was surprised about, I read in one of his interviews about him turning things around, was he said that having a daughter was uh, one of his inspirations. And he's like, he's like a young guy, he's like 22 years old, and speaking from experience, having fathered so many wins around Glasgow, I, I know that it, it does kind of change, change your life. <laughs> so I think that was a big inspiration for, for the man. Um, Paddy, who would you say was uh, your young player of the year? Young player of the year? Uh... I should have given you some preparation in this one. I'm sorry. No, no, I prefer it when they're off the cuff. Uh, young player of the year, who have we got? Uh, uh, it's going to be Ralston. Well, that's, a, that's a boring choice because what would you say? Sorry, mate. I'm pleased you're hot. Will you start asking me the same fucking question? <laughs> I, I think Ralston takes a lot. I mean, you look at the, the, the second half of last season and it. I don't think many we, we covered this already in the the early podcast in the summer. I don't think there's many players last year at any part of the season last season get any real pass marks. The likes of maybe McGregor gets leeway a little bit because we we've established that he was playing in a side that was, you know, having Scott Brown basically playing as a third centre back, so you're struggling to find what position he was meant to play. But that that that's given him excuses. Last season was so poor. I don't think many of us can pick any players, so most of our points are probably going to be based on the off the last four or five months. 
and Tony Ralston takes takes but, a lot. Stephen of Welsh, Stephen Welsh, a noticeable mention. Noticeable mention, but I think Tony Ralston, considering that he is a starter every every single game for Celtic this season, is proof that he is outshining. I'm not going to say better than Stephen Welsh, but he's outshining Stephen Welsh at this stage. Ralston, you know. Uh, again, I can't read this because I'm using my phone and it's so far away. Somebody want to read that comment out, please. Uh, Ralston, you has been brilliant. Just shows what a difference it makes having someone coaching you that you believes in you and encourages you to make mistakes and learn and not just be subbed for the year. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, we're getting the faces like that. But what's, what was the next one, Gav? What's so, uh, biggest, biggest disappointment. Oh, eh. Uh, Barkas. Of the year, I, I of the year, of the year, Barkas. Of the year, I, I. I had such high hopes of him. I had really high expectations. And we Ange Postecoglou coming in, new season, new start, and all the rest. Of it. I had even higher expectations from this year. Wasn't a big fan of signing Joe Hart in the first place. Glad to be in those words. But mm. Barkas is such a disappointment for me. He's such a disappointment. Big Barkas. Uh, more so, more so than um, Shane Duffy. Uh, yeah, did Shane Duffy play much this calendar year? He got drops after a while. Ah, he was, he was uh, doing he a, didn't he, really he, play too much. He was doing a couple of shows in the Hydro with Westlife or whatever they're called. <laughs> Boy, boys on whatever the fuck they're called. <laughs> um, biggest, biggest disappointment for me this year is Neil Lennon. I know it's not a player, but aye. A guy that's totally... I don't know. I move on, sorry. I just go. Aye, we, we, did a, we did a two hour episode and Neil Lennon and Paddy's still I, fucking. I, I'm, I'm not staying here for two hours. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bed uh, to get to. Fucking three years in. Aye. <laughs> right. no. Aye, anyway, so uh, apart from those be pushy awards that we just gave out there, I hope the, the, the players are, uh, feel very um, happy with that. Uh, aye, so January transfer window uh, has been very, very promising and there's still uh, a few more weeks to go. Um, I don't think I've really got any other expectations apart from hopefully making Jota and Cameron Carter Vickers permanent. But the next game we've got, tell me if I'm wrong, is it like the 17th of uh, of January? Yeah. 17th. Yes, Hub, Hubs and Aye. aye. Sure is it home or away? Only reunion. I think that's at home, that one, is it? I feel like we played them Easter Road recently. I, I feel yeah. like Paddy's Googling this, hopefully, and going to tell us. Me? No. No, no, no. I'll date myself. So I'm, I'm kidding. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> uh, Good, because I can't... Yes, uh, home. So that's a quarter. Excellent. Quarter, quarter take kick-off on a Monday night. Oh, it's going to be fucking fun. Yeah, Monday night. Jesus. Yes, quarter to eight. So uh, that's, that's good then. That will be... We'll cover that on the Tuesday then, which will be Tuesday the 18th. We'll just cover that the week the round up with, yeah, the, with the game. Um, well... There's a few things, Gavin. I know this is going to be a bit off the kind of out of the blue for you, such and maybe it's a bit premature to say out loud to the guys who are listening and watching. Me and Paddy have been discussing a few different ways that we can put some content out there to keep the, the being fans pleased and wet their appetites. Maybe we'll <laughs> use maybe we'll use that Monday night as a, a way to get like the, the twelve spaces and stuff like that. We'll we'll use different media to try and push it. But we'll definitely cover it maybe in the, yes, uh, if, the weekly if, roundup as a bigger if, podcast. If, if, if anybody wants to subscribe to my OnlyFans page, I'll be sitting there. <laughs> I, 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 I can promise you all. 
Go on, make make Paddy money go. Jiggly. <laughs> Paddy the Paddy. <laughs> aye, aye. <laughs> I think we've just lost half of our subscriber base for that comment. <laughs> aye, that's not bad. We were doing well, by the way. Listen, everybody that's been watching I was like 80 odd people, thanks very much. Uh, if I've just put you after there, shake my shimmy down. <laughs> by, by, by all means, jump over to my OnlyFans page. <laughs> I'll put the link in the subscription. Aye, so, guys, in case you've been like, sending me any WhatsApp like messages on the fly, I cannot see them. So I guess we're going to kind of wrap things up right now. Um, but again, uh, massive happy year to the viewers. Thank you so much for supporting us. I know that, Paddy, you put a, a really nice touching um, message on Facebook a few days ago. Um, that kind of really uh, reflected our feelings for the podcast. I, I, uh, I, was, well, I, was, I was obscenely pushed. Mate, I actually read really, really nicely. Um <laughs> Aye, so again, uh, what we've done for the past few months for the, the, the podcast uh, since the season started, we've been loving it, absolutely loving it, and it's growing slowly but surely. So for everybody who's been with us on the journey so far, uh, thank you so, so much. Uh, we wouldn't have the same passion and enthusiasm if you guys weren't with us so far. So thank you for that. I wish you a very, very happy year and all the best wishes to you and your family for uh, the next 12 months to come. Uh, but anyway, uh, before I, I waffle on any much further, um, again, uh, is a, with a like button, subscribe, leave a comment. We want to hear from you guys. Um, any any kind of parting comments for you guys before we finish up for tonight? I just uh, just a couple of comments there. Uh, Fun roaster, I know you've been commenting all night, mate. Uh, thanks for that. <laughs> Great, by the way, a fucking absolute legendary name, Fun roaster. Love it. Uh, <laughs> just just found this cast. Just found this cast. Thanks. Good chat. I will join again, mate. You're more than welcome. And uh, Cheers, David mate. Boy, I know you're quite regular as well. Pushed? No, I'll take that as sarcasm, mate. Aye, absolutely. <laughs> uh, there, there's been a fair few comments tonight, guys. We I've been reading them on the side as well from from Snick, from the the various Josephs, David Boys, Kevin, or is it? Brilliant comments seeing them come in. And brilliant seeing the people here watching us. What oh, I will see, yeah. What we'll do is I'll steal a little thunder from Gavin because I know he hates rhyming these off. Everybody, give us a wee follow on the likes of our Twitter at Jungle Gyms Pod. Follow us on Facebook at the Jungle Gyms Podcast. We're on TikTok, Jungle Gyms Podcast as well. All the usual places. Uh, the only thing we pretty much don't have is an actual OnlyFans, but that is apparently ongoing. But there is a link tree. But the best place oh, to find no. us is no. <laughs> <laughs> the best place is honestly to find us on Twitter, where we are being as active as we can just now, and we're pushing out a lot more content and trying to keep you guys up to date. So thank you very much for everybody being here. Aye, and I'll and I'll sign I'll, I'll sign that off as well. Do me a favour, guys, on YouTube. Uh, YouTube, sorry, my folks deeply, my folks deeply feel it. Jump onto YouTube if you've enjoyed it. Just hit subscribe. That'd be a massive big help to us. Keeps us up to date with you guys. Hopefully, he's a wee hand there. Thank Careful you. now. Aye. <laughs> uh, again, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Aye. Let's finish up there. Um, Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerio, guys. Cheerio, guys.